Hello and welcome to another episode of For the Love of Sports. My name is Michael Brazil, and this is the show where we get to talk about sports, we get to talk about business, and we get to talk about everything in between. Wherever you're listening, wherever you're watching, you know what to do. Like, subscribe, share, whatever the heck you got to do. Please just go and do it. Uh, this is uh, take two. Uh, last week we tried this. The internet wasn't working so well. Looks like it's fine. Today we have Matt O'Leary. He's a sports writer at Odds Checker. Matt, how you doing today, buddy? Doing really good. Uh, excited to be here. Uh, we, we were powering through the issues from last week, but all good happens. Listen, I get it. I'm in the podcast world too. So uh, onward and upward. Let's do it this week. Sometimes the internet just does not do what you want it to do. Matt, very excited to talk to you, obviously, about sports betting, content creation, right? That's, I mean, this is pretty meta, right? We're talking about content creation while creating content. That's pretty incredible. Uh, you're a Mets fan, so we can commiserate on that for a little bit. You have a really, really cool background. Excited to get into it. But Matt, the first question. I have for everybody on the For the Love of Sports podcast is, why do you love sports so much? Wow. Okay, that's like a really deep right. Question. It's a really great first question. I figured it out, and I've been proud of myself for like the last year and a half. So, keep pumping okay. my uh, pumping my tires. I don't. I'm not angry about it. <laughs> there you go. I love that. So, uh, I would have to say, ever, ever since a, a young age, I've been a competitive person. Um, I wasn't the best athlete growing up, but I always had. I don't know, just that that edge. I, I wanted to win. Like I didn't care if it was, you know, recess and we we're playing mm -hmm. kickball. Like I'm like I would be the kid like diving, you know, head first and trying to like, I don't know, get extra bases in like the third grade. Crazy stuff like that. Like just way over the top, gym class hero. Uh I know that's kind of a, a try hard move, but that <laughs> that was me growing up. Like I just wanted to, you know, try and do my best at at everything and uh, from a young age, when I figured out that I wasn't good enough to be a professional athlete, I thought, okay, you know, how am I going to, you know, parlay this into uh, being able to work in sport? I know, good uh, pun, right? This guy. <laughs> how am I going to be able to do this uh, in, in some capacity for, for a job? And I figured out uh, content creation and fell in love with it there, too. So that definitely expanded it. But I would definitely say, uh just competition is the thing that really gets me the most and and the thing about content creation right there is a lot of competition in it like you're competing against yourself you're always trying to make yourself better so it's kind of that golf aspect where it's really just you against your your head so if you can do things better and figure it out i'm sure you know some days you're on and some days you're like ah, i've had better shows i've asked better questions um and then there's obviously just the competition aspect of there's only so many hours in a day now, some people like myself, I could probably power through, I don't know, five podcasts, they're hour long. They're kind of just in the background. Maybe I check in, check out kind of thing. But I also know people who, if they're not intently listening, they're not going to listen, right? It's one thing for radio. You're in the car. You need something to do. Well, now you're competing against songs and podcasts, right? Not just radio stations. So I guess, how have you utilized that competition and that love of competition within the content creation space versus yourself as well as maybe we don't need to point out some of your competitors but versus them as well how do you kind of do handle that like is there that gym class hero aspect still or are you kind of a little bit more i don't know tempered in your uh, wiser older age i guess maybe a little bit more tempered but i think i like the point you brought up about competing against yourself and content creation because from the get-go, and I always, you know, tell people this because uh, I feel like so many people want their stuff to be perfect right away. Where I always think it's better to just get as much of it out there as you possibly can early on, and then you figure out on the fly like what works and what doesn't. 
So in, in that way, the competition play, played a role in uh, early on for me of figuring out, okay, what am I doing well? What do I need to improve on kind of a thing? And then, I mean, yeah, you take notice of, you know, people in, in your industry and what they're doing and things that they do that you like and some things that you don't or, oh, you know, maybe I don't like that take that that person had. Uh, so I'm going to spin it another way. But um, yeah, it, it definitely, competition definitely plays a role in this industry as well. I mean, the, the biggest one I think truly is against yourself and trying to uh, better yourself and better your content, just, you know, working at it every single day. So on that note, how do you, how do you like pat yourself on the back when you believe you deserve it and, and go hard on yourself when you believe you deserve it? Cause I think there's a lot of people out there and I talk to a lot of, co- a lot of colleges. I go and try and speak to colleges and college students specifically about this point, because so many people are like, Oh no, like wh- only five people are going to listen to the first one. It's like, yeah. Well, I want 100 people to listen to the first one. So well, that's not how it works, right? You didn't start podcasting at the beginning of podcasting. Those guys are all crushing it. You're you're entering a saturated market. Like, how do you how do you get people to understand a that aspect of you just got to start? But then the the how do you improve, right? Cuz you're always going to compare yourself to those other guys. You're going to compare yourself to Mike Greenberg. Dude, you're not Mike Greenberg. He's been doing this thing for 10,000 hours. So like, how do you kind of do that for yourself? I guess we'll start with the creation and then we'll go to the actually trying to improve part. Yeah, that's a that's a really good good point with all of it. Um, and I and I think for my myself and what I tell, you know, other people and you don't don't do it to get like, oh, I want to hit X number of views. Mm-hmm. Like do it because you love it. Like I wake up every day and I want to write or I want to make a video or I want to do a podcast. Because if you don't, if you're just in it for whether it be the clout and getting the views or the money, then you're in it for the wrong reason because 99 times out of 100, you're not going to make the money or get the clout that you want. So you just got to do it because you love it. Uh, And in terms of getting better, like, I don't know. I feel like some days you could just tell like, okay, maybe that wasn't my best effort or I got a little bit lazy in in this area in in editing or, you know, or anything. I I feel like after a while, once you get the reps in, you can kind of just tell what your standard is. And if you fall below that, then that's the competition effort. You want to go back better, you know, the next time and improve on it. I like that. Yeah. It's one of those things where I've, I've, I mean, I've only done, I don't know, thousand, couple thousand episodes at this point. I've interviewed upwards of 500 people. Like I can tell when I have a good episode and I can tell when I have a shit episode. And like, it is, it's one of those things, it's understanding, it's being aware, it's it's figuring out what happened and then just being, again, using that word, aware moving forward. So that way, I don't use a lot of ums and ahs. I mean, occasionally they'll come out, right? That's always gonna happen. Now I kind of use them on purpose, right? Like there's a way to kind of spin that a little bit so that you can kind of be like, uh, I don't agree, right? You know, so there's ways to do that. And I guess in terms of the, the content creation journey, what was it about writing and spoken word and video that really caught your attention because everybody on planet earth right any sports fan would tell you yeah you have the coolest job in the world people pay you to talk about sports it's not as easy as it sounds right no it's not and it's believe me i am blessed and i have so much fun doing what i do every single day i love it i don't want to give off the impression that i don't but there's so many hours that go into it it's not just oh i'm gonna sit down and type up about the game no 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 there's so much more that goes into it and if you're trying to build a a podcast or a website or you know a youtube channel you it takes a long time before anyone you know recognizes you and the effort has to be there like there'll be times where 
you know, maybe maybe your friends want to go out and just have fun. But no, you, you can't. You got to, you know, cover a game or you got to, you know, edit a video or something. And I think it's just you have to be willing to make certain sacrifices. And some people say like, oh, I want to do X, Y and Z. And then they don't actually take the steps to do it. So I, I think that's the thing is realizing if this is really what you want to do, then, OK, you have to realize I have to now make these sacrifices so I could actually achieve that goal. You know what I mean? hundred percent. Right. Like it's one of those things. If you have a podcast that comes out Monday mornings describing what happened Sunday night, you can't just be like, oh, I'm actually on vacation this week. Like, no. <laughs> and then then you really don't have that. Right. If you can't keep those like, um, see, there I go again. I, I use an um and an ah. So I guess maybe I'm not perfect. What's the word I'm looking for? If you if you can't keep those the consistency thank you yeah if you can't stay consistent with yourself and honest with yourself you're not gonna like you're actually not honest and consistent with your your product you're not honest and consistent with your community that you're building or the audience that you have so that part is i think very very important so let's actually hop back you know back in time a little bit i think which would be pretty important right so you got into i mean at college you were you worked at your college radio station you ended up becoming a professor there, general manager of the radio station, but you had one really cool job. Was this through your college that you were you got to be uh, the board game operator for the New York Met our New York Mets? <laughs> so yeah, so this is kind of this is how it worked. Um, it was for I worked for a radio station called WBAZ, which is out east on Long Island, and they covered Mets games for the east end of Long Island. Like I think they were on WOR at the time. Okay. Uh, uh, and that really had a big, big signal around the city and Nassau County. But this is like way out east on Long Island. So they were in a, just an affiliate station. So my job, I would go to the radio station in the studio and we would get a feed from, you know, this the stadium. It was Howie, Howie Rose. Mm-hmm. And I think Wayne Randazzo or no, it might have been Josh Lewin. Yeah, it was there. Josh Lewin back then. Yeah. Yeah, it was Josh Lewin. The two of them, we'd get the feed uh, and it would be my job to switch between that and the commercials. Just and I pretty much just sit there, listen to the game. I'd have it on the TV so I could follow along and you know play the commercials or legal IDs, whatever I had to do. Uh, but it was an internship through school. Is that so? It was the year after they went to the World Series. Just for a little context, it's 2016 for everybody. So right, we're on top of the world. That was I cried. I'll be honest. I cried when they lost that last game. I wanted Harvey to stay in for the ninth. I mean, I didn't want him to stay in after the walk and after the double but whatever i digress um so what is like what is that like how how competitive of a an internship is something like that because it sounds like you're the only person in the studio because if all you're doing and please i do not mean to make this sound like you don't do much but it sounds like flipping between the feed that you're given and the commercials it's not rocket science right no, it's not. You, but there is a lot of responsibility there as you are the one controlling what is going over the mm. air of an FCC radio licensed uh, radio station. And there are usually a lot of important people listening to that radio station to make sure that everything is coming through correctly. So, uh, well, yes, it, it's not uh, a very difficult job once you're trained on how to do it. There is a lot of responsibility on your plate. Um, I was pretty much I was the last person in uh or leaving i guess i had like literally i was 21 years old at the time i had a key to the radio station i was locking up leaving at one o'clock in the morning after the post game show Mm -hmm. was over and stuff like that so yeah it was pretty much switching between two channels and you know plugging in some commercials when need be but there's a a lot of responsibility on your shoulders and you have to make sure that you know you're hitting your time markers and everything like that 
And so you were talking about sacrifice earlier, and you were in that radio station for 162 games. Is that correct? I didn't do every game. There was a rotation. I probably, I would probably do it three or four times a week. Okay, uh, so at 21 years old, people, let's let's kind of put that into context. Like, what were you doing four days a week at 21 years old in college? Right. That, no, that's a, uh, you're probably not sitting in a radio station from, I'm assuming, what, five, six o'clock to one o'clock in the morning. Right. Yeah. So how it would work was because um, it was it was over the summer. It was the summer before my last semester. I graduated in December. Oh, of- that was like the best semester. Yeah. <laughs> good for was, you, it, man. Wow. Yeah. Good for really, you. I, I worked you know, I worked it out pretty good. So I would go to uh, the college radio station and I would work there 11 to three. Uh, and then I would usually like go get something to eat or like just, I don't know, do something for an hour. And then I would start to drive out east, which was like another hour and a half drive. Uh, so then I would get there early. I would do the pregame show. I think it was either 6 or 6.30. I would go live, do the game, then do uh, the postgame show, drive two hours home, wake up, do the whole thing again the next day. Like that was my routine, my summer going into my senior year. Good for you, man. I definitely just drank a lot of beer. That's I, what I, did. I worked I worked but it doesn't sound like I worked nearly as much as you did but again you sacrificed and now you have a pretty cool job working at odds checker so we'll get to odds checker in a second I do want to touch upon one more thing before we move to odds checker you also ended up becoming the a the the the, the sounds cooler the professor and general manager at five town college which is where you went to the radio station there that you were the general manager of what went into that decision was this just a cool opportunity. Did you always want to be a professor and run a radio station? Like how exactly did that come about and and why was it the right position for you at the time? This is a really interesting story. So uh, as as I mentioned, I was getting ready to graduate at the end of December of 2016. Uh, And at the school for the longest time through pretty much the entirety that I was there, they had a really old radio station. The board was like an analog board from the 60s. It was very dated let's mm-hmm. say uh but they were uh making uh improvements to the college they, there was new ownership and they wanted to invest heavy in the communications department so they ended up building a brand new state-of-the-art radio station and they needed someone full-time to run it so as i was graduating they offered me a position to uh you know stay stay on and help get the station off the ground uh and there was a faculty advisor who um, he worked in the industry. He was on the air for 1010 wins. His name is, uh, Gene free. Told me everything I know about radio. And, uh, unfortunately he was, he was very, very sick with cancer and he couldn't work anymore. Uh, and he unfortunately ended up passing away, but because of, uh, his illness, I had to take over his class mid semester, the oh, semester wow. after I graduated, cause I didn't have anyone else to do it. So I was uh, 21 years old, thrown into, hey, you have to take over this radio class. And then uh, I guess I did a good enough job where they offered me to, you know, continue to you know, pick up this class. And I did that for four years. I ran I ran the radio station, uh, the day to day operations, and I did a radio production class for four years. And without you telling us exactly how many dollars that is, that's a that's a full time salary. That's enough money to actually live and breathe and do what you need to do as a mid 20 year old yeah it, it was yeah for um for a while there it, it was enough to you know run, run their station it was a full-time job i did it 40 hours a week and then 
I also had some side projects writing for a couple of different websites, nice. doing my YouTube channel and stuff to get income that way too. But Very cool. uh, yeah, it was a full-time gig. Good for you, man. And where where does writing come into this? Because you're obviously, again, sports writer at Odds Checker. Where was writing something that you were doing this entire time? Was this something that you kind of found along the way in the journey? Where is the writing aspect? So I originally went to college for journalism, um, but I didn't like the program. So I ended up switching to broadcasting instead uh, and stayed at the school. Uh, but when I was in high school, I wrote for my high school paper. I got a scholarship to Five Towns College for uh, my writing. Um, and then I uh, joined a website called Eyes on Isles, and we cover the New York Islanders. Mm-hmm. I'm still there. I've been there for five years. Um, but I did that on the side, started a podcast for them in 2017. But uh, that was pretty much where I would do my writing on the side. Uh, and from there, just, you know, landed a few different gigs along the way. And uh, I knew, you know, in, in my heart, I wanted to get into digital media in some capacity. Uh, and then the opportunity at Odds Checker just came. So um, that's kind of how I ended up at Odds. Well, congratulations. And you just got hired there, like within the last month, correct? I yeah, I, started, I think September 6th was my first. It was oh. right after Labor Day. Yeah. Happy anniversary. It's literally been, you know, 31 days, I think. Good for you, man. Congratulations. And so um, Odds Checker, really, really cool digital media site, right? Mostly based around sports betting. So I guess, again, let's let's go back to that. Was sports betting something that you were always paying attention to? Did you kind of notice after 2018, PASP was repealed, starts to trickle in, and then all of a sudden it was kind of a boom. It's absolutely everywhere now. Like, where was that? A conscious decision or is this something that you kind of oh hey this opportunity is coming up I want to talk about sports like where how did how did the sports betting aspect get involved in your career so it was always something that uh, I was interested in and when sports betting kind of really had that big blow up a couple years ago I was involving it in my content a little bit more Uh, like even still right now on my YouTube channel, I do a weekly pick show with uh, a Newsday columnist, which is a newspaper here on Long Island. Um, And we do, you know, weekly picks. So I did that for a couple of years. Uh, And when I saw the, you know, opportunity at Odds Checker, I thought it would be, you know, a good one because I look at this um, industry and, you know, sports gambling is becoming a lot more normalized. And uh, Mm -hmm. I think that's a, a good thing. Um, so it's not like I was like, I always wanted to grow up and write about gambling. It kind of just, uh, presented itself. And I think I'm in a position where I know enough about it and have learned a lot in this past month about it as well. Um, and I just think, you know, with the sports industry that that's where this is all going. So I think it's smart to get in now. Couldn't agree more. Full disclosure, I started working for a sports betting company back in April. I work for Caesars Sportsbook, so we actually do oh, a little okay. business with Odds Checker. So I know some of your uh, your friends over there; they're good people. I love working with them, so appreciate them. But uh, talk, I guess let's let's talk about Odds Checker a little bit more. What is it was What is it about this opportunity? What is it about this company that you really love? That they said, right? Hey, we'll pay you full time salary. You come over here and do the thing that you love. I mean, is that just a match made in heaven? Is this the first one that came about? I mean, you were doing some cool stuff before. What was it about Odd Checker that made you say, you know what, let's let's dive headfirst into this thing? So I really like the concept of Odds Checker. Uh, essentially, for those who don't know, uh, you can go to the site and you can compare odds from different sports books on whatever you're looking for. Like, So let's say, for example, you wanted to bet the Thursday night football game. So you can go on and say, okay, if I want to bet 
Rams minus two and a half, let's say, whatever the line is, you can go and say, okay, this sports book is offering it at this price, this one at this one. And then you could find the best value for your money. Cause I mean, that's what it's all about in the end, right? Mm-hmm. Making money. So then you could see, okay, I'm getting the best value here. So uh, I, I, I like that concept. And at the same time, the idea of creating content to drive people to the site and see the opportunity that they have with the odds comparison tool, I think was uh, exciting for me. So wanted to hop on board i love it man yeah uh for anybody out there listening check your lines kids shop around do what you can because i work for one of the books let's be honest it's not always going to have the best price that's not how it works now i will say we have some great baseball prices but i'm not here to promote my day job i'm here to promote you today matt so appreciate you coming on so i guess would it how there obviously has to be a different way to create content, as you said, to drive people to do something rather than just your eyes eyes on aisles. I apologize if I'm saying that wrong. Eyes on the aisles? Eyes on aisles. Eyes on aisles. I had it right the first time. There has to be a difference, right, in creating that content. What is that? And, you know, you've been doing it for a month, so I'm sure you're not an absolute expert on it. But as you said, you've learned a lot. What are you doing differently in the content that you create here versus what you create on your YouTube page, which we're going to drop in a couple seconds, in a couple minutes, I don't know. Um, and as well as what you're doing over at Eyes on Isles, how how does that differ? And, and how do you create that heavy call to action to get people to actually do something? Honestly, I, I feel like it's not that different. And the reason for that is because whether it's at odds checker or the youtube channel or uh, eyes on aisles the, the goal always is to get as many people to view your work as possible i'm not saying write clickbait but you got to know how to write for seo and uh write you know catchy titles and stuff like that so while the content what's actually in there may be different because it's about gambling as opposed to just specifically talking about whatever team I'm covering while that's definitely a, a difference the the thought still remains the same of okay how how do I write or what is trending now that people are looking for and stuff like that so honestly I haven't found too much of a difference in that area so that's like a nice easy transition for you you just keep doing the thing you're really good at and now you're making more money. I hope. I assume you're making more money. So that's... yeah, I, I mean, pr- pretty much. It's it, it's very much so uh, an extension of what I was doing, and uh, on a on a bigger platform. And just uh, obviously, you know, you you'll add your links, whatever you're trying to get people to go to. And you know, I'm sure there's people higher up above me who who know who's you know getting more people to click and stuff like that. But I think from my perspective, my goal remains the same in providing quality content that people want to click on and see. I love it, man. And one thing that's really interesting about sports betting, sports gambling is the education around it, right? I have been boots on the ground speaking to people that have absolutely no idea what they're doing and they're just throwing money around. It's like, hey, hey, let's let's just try and figure out what we're doing first, right? Like, cool, you your bankroll is your bankroll. I'm not here to tell you what you can and cannot bet, but you just at least need to understand like, what does minus 110 mean? What does plus nine mean, right? Like I've I've ran into people where they're like, oh yeah, I took Cowboys plus nine, the, the Thursday night game actually. Yeah, I took Cowboys plus nine, I think I lost. It's like, no dude, you won, like you're good. Like you got nothing to worry about. So how do you, how did you go about the education within your work or even for yourself just to learn more about this? Because as you said, it's, it's so, so, so wide open now in so many places, so many states, so many people now have the opportunity to do this and it's fun. And you're going to talk to your buddies and you're going to have a good time with it. And you're going to listen to Matt because he's hopefully going to give you the right picks. Rams minus two and a half. It sounds like, but 
how did you make sure that you're educating people and you're at least giving them that information or odds checkers educating people to give them that information so that way they're not just people just sitting there like, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm going to click some buttons. Oh, I just lost $50. This sucks. So the the very tough part with this industry uh, is that there there's no perfect formula when it comes to when it comes to gambling. There, there, there just isn't. Otherwise, yeah. there wouldn't be sports books, right? Like that they're good at taking people's money. But mm-hmm. what I try to do is just give people context. So I like to look for trends for what what has this team done against the spread in this situation. So for instance, like for tonight's game, I'd be I'd look at okay, as a home favorite, let's say the the Rams are this is just a made up number. Let's say they're four and four and two against the spread in their last six games at home uh, as a home favorite. So in, including things like that in trying to again, it's basically you're doing your best to make an educated guess on what's going to happen. There is no perfect formula to it, but at the end of the day, if I can give someone information so they're not just flying by the seat of their pants oh i you know i like the i like the jets so i'm gonna bet the jets or i like the giants so i'm gonna bet the giants but giving an actual reason why behind it too i do like the giants and i do bet the giants uh i know they're gonna lose most of the time had them last week that's good i'm sure that worked worked out it worked out i'm not angry about it so that's always fun and yeah i i love just looking at the trends it's not Right. Past. What's that whole they use it in finance a lot. Past performance is not indicative of future results. Right. But it at least gives you something to look at. You're not, as you said, just blindly guessing. So I think it's really interesting. I guess what are like if you don't mind, if you want to get into it a little bit, what are some of those things that you look at? Right. Like major line movement. I think the game opened at a pick and now it's two and a half, almost went up to three. Right. Um, road favorites versus home dogs. I think Seattle's actually at home this week, and they're the the home dog. And Russell Wilson in primetime, I'm sure you saw that graphic. It went around. Everybody had it today. 28, and yes, yes, yeah, blah, blah. So, like, what are some of the things that you do look at when you look at football games, when you look at hockey games, baseball games, that you're just trying to pay attention to? And maybe not all of them are relevant, but some of them can help you paint that picture a little bit better. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the, the big one is is honestly, you know, the, the past performance, whether it be as a home, as a home favorite, road favorite, all that kind of stuff. I'm, I'm very big on uh, providing just, you know, context in mm-hmm. general. But uh, specific if you want to get more uh, into into specifics, um, I like to look at the cert, certain scenarios. So uh, whether it be, uh, you know, a, a favor from uh, a favorite or another trend that I like, so uh, a couple weeks ago when the I guess it was when the Patriots lost. No, excuse me. The Buccaneers lost mm-hmm. to the Rams. They being Tampa Bay were five and oh in the Tom Brady era after a loss. So providing that context of, hey, OK, after this team loses, they then perform like this. So it, it kind of all loops back to there's mm-hmm. no perfect formula here. But uh, my, some of my favorite ones are. Home versus road splits, uh, a cold weather team or a warm weather team going to cold weather, Love like those, that stuff yep. matters. Indoor team versus outdoor team, uh, like a big one was the the Saints on the road were never the same uh, in the Drew Brees era because mm-hmm. of what they were like in the dome versus outdoors. So little things like that. I mean, it matters. Jameis Winston as a favorite terrible that's why i took the giants didn't actually think the giants were going to win but Jameis winston is a terrible terrible favorite uh take the points if if that ever it comes up um so you brought up your youtube page drop that what is uh where can we find you on youtube yes uh at matt o'leary ny i cover 
the Jets. They're they're my team. Uh, I, I try to look through it through the the fans' perspective. There is some gambling involved, but it's mm-hmm. a lot of uh, reaction and analysis to what's going on. And so it sounds like you've been able to build up enough of a subscriber base, enough of a following, as you said, to actually make a few dollars from YouTube, which is pretty darn cool, right? Again, you get to do what you love and make some money from it. A lot of people I talk to, again, want to start a podcast, want to start a blog, want to start a YouTube page, a lot of college kids, high school kids. What is some advice that you can give to somebody that says, hey, I'm a big Jets fan. I want to make reactionary stuff about the Jets. How should I do it, Matt? Film yourself. Uh, everyone has a smartphone now. There's there's zero there's zero excuse of I don't have barrier to entry equipment. is very low. Yes. Yeah. I was like, you don't there. Take your phone, hold it sideways, please, not up and down. Record. Look into the camera. Record your reaction. If you have to edit it, edit it. But if you do it all in one shot, upload right to YouTube and go from there. Like that's the very like obviously bare bones answer. Then. From there, you improve yes. when you can get more equipment. But early on, especially, it's just the practice and repetition of doing it over and over and over again. And you have to remain consistent. Like if you do two videos one week, disappear for a month, come back mm-hmm. to another video, like there is no way you're going to get any type of audience to stay. You have to get yourself on a schedule and stick by that and that you'll have your best shot of succeeding at that point. Completely agree. That's a piece of advice I try and give to everyone. Be consistent. If it's once a month, stick to once a month. If you think you could do twice a month, do twice a month. Don't do, I want to do every day. And then you actually only do like three days. And then some days you actually do like seven days. And then other weeks it's like, oh, well, it's Christmas. So like, I didn't want to do anything this entire week. That's that's not how it works. As, As you've shown, you have to be consistent. You have to kind of sacrifice, kind of. You have to sacrifice your time, some of the things that you might want to do to actually get to where you want to get to. Because if you're not going to be able, not willing to sacrifice, you really don't want it that bad because there's a lot of other people out there that are willing to sacrifice and are willing to grow that extra mile. They're the pages that are going to get a little bigger, and it sounds like yours. So make sure we go to Matt O'Leary NY, correct? Was that, did I get that right? You got it. I'll put that in the show notes for everybody that wants to check it out. If anyone else out there is a uh, Jets fan, I actually had Mike Tannenbaum on uh, the show a couple weeks ago, which was pretty oh, no cool. Way. Former have to go back the Jets. So if you're looking for guests, maybe I can connect you with his PR agency and then you can have him on your show. I don't know. I don't know. That would be very cool. Interesting. See how we did that? Networking in real time, people. This is good. Networking in real time. Um, oh, I want... Oh, uh, last thing. I want to talk a little bit more about hockey because you're a big hockey guy. Hockey on ESPN. Kind of cool, right? Oh, very cool! It, it very it's nostalgic for me because oh, I was yeah getting, okay yep yeah I was getting into the game in the early two thousands, which is when they were on ESPN. So I also remember uh, oh my god, I think it was two thousand five. ESPN had a, a video game with Martin St. Louis on the cover. Okay. I yep. loved that game, played it all the time. Well, like it was way dated, and I was still playing it. Just absolutely loved it. So. Uh, just the, the theme song's phenomenal, and it's just the the nostalgia vibes is what I'm really looking forward to the most with that. Yeah, I was more of an NHL hits guy uh, back okay. in the day, but those they can't quite do that anymore, right? Slugfest <laughs> hits and blitz you really can't do those anymore. Unfortunately, those were the best. But with that, like uh, the the popularity of hockey right now, you have the biggest sports media company talking about this sport. They they essentially just like pretended it didn't exist since I don't know what twenty. 20- 2005 right for the last like 15 yeah. whatever years it's on nbc 
now you have it. Now we have all this streaming, right? And I'm looking at just the the schedule coming up in every single game. ESPN Plus, ESPN Plus, ESPN Plus, ESPN Plus, ESPN Plus. And I cannot wait. If there's going to be multiple games on every single night like they do for MLB, right? There's at least one or two games on MLB or on ESPN Plus for MLB. And that's going to be my second screen. And I cannot wait for that. It's going to be absolutely fantastic. In terms of, you know, the media focus, right? The gambling focus, which you do, the content creation focus. How much do you actually see that getting extra people involved? And I I, I know you can't quite gauge it, but what do you think that level of engagement is going to be with so many more people with ESPN talking about this sport that you love so, so, so much? Yeah, it's really big. And I think the more eyeballs you can get in front of it, I think more people will fall in love with the game, uh, especially because like in the playoffs, like that's yes. to me, there's nothing like the Stanley Cup playoffs. Completely I agree. love I love sports in general, like football, baseball. Those are huge, huge things. And, you know, football is probably my number one sport, but there is nothing like the NHL playoffs. And I think when this new audience based on like the streaming uh, aspect too, like that's that's going to you know, give so many opportunities for new people to find the game. They're just going to fall in love with it. And I, I can't wait for that because to me, that's when you catch the the new fan base is when, you know, your best product is out there, which is by far the playoffs. So I have to wait a few months, but yes. uh, it'll be well worth it. Right. It's you're not looking for NB or what, what was it? CNBC, they would have games on and USA NBC would have the game. No, yep. USA what are we doing? NBC. No. So ESPN it's all- one, ESPN two. Right. And ESPN plus. I have all those. That's easy for me to find. And exactly. Matt, I could not agree with you more. Hockey is not my favorite sport. I love football. I love baseball. I watch basketball because it's on. But the NHL Stanley Cup playoffs. Double overtime, in my opinion, was only created so we could get to triple overtime. Game seven, any type of overtime, third period, tie game, the level, I will find myself, my hands sweating, sitting on my couch. I'm doing literally nothing, just sitting on my couch and my hands are sweating because that's how intense it is. And I absolutely love it. You're right. We have a couple months to go, but I cannot wait. It's going to be absolutely fantastic. Matt, this was awesome, man. Really appreciate your time. We're at a little over a half hour. I think we did a lot. You told me a little bit about your story, what you did, how you're doing it, what you're doing now. Uh, give me your handles. Give me where can we find your content. Tell me all that stuff. And then I will also put it in the show notes for anybody that's listening and you know, you're know you driving. So you just kind of want to click a button later. So lay it on me, bud. Sure. So you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, even TikTok. That's important, kids. Oh, good TikTok. for you. I'm not at, on TikTok. Okay. At Matt O'Leary NY. Uh, all kinds of content there. Like I said, Jet, I cover the Jets, Islanders, talking all sports over there, covering gambling for odds checkers. So keep him busy there. And uh, yeah, I would really appreciate you know giving me a follow. I love it. I'll make sure all that is in the show notes for everybody. But Matt, sincerely appreciate it. This has been absolutely fantastic. Thank you and to everybody listening for your time. It's the only thing we don't get more of. So I want to thank you for giving me some of yours. But other than that, man, I hope you have a wonderful day. Jets at 9 o'clock in the morning on Sunday coming up in London. So hope you enjoy that one. Hockey season right around the corner, man. It's gonna, it's it's beautiful. The month of October, man. There's nothing like it. I can't wait. Good, all good things. Thanks a lot for having Appreciate me. Appreciate it. Really Bye, everybody. Yeah.